Today's DCAST is a discussion about starting up. Design businesses start for a variety of reasons, opportunity, economics, ambition, adversity. I'm sure that there are many out there who are, have considered or are considering starting their own gig. Today we'll share some insights from four partners and two businesses discussing their experiences and learnings. I will cover from conception and planning to some more pragmatic topics like setting up a studio. So joining us today, we have Olamit McDermott, a professional DINs, co-founder of Blender and board member of the Design Institute, sitting on industrial design seat from 2019 to 2021, and DCAS host for the Design for Positive Impact series. We also have Ben Thompson, co-founder of Blender, and also helped set up a studio in China. Morning, Ben. We have Noel Blackwell, co-founder and strategy director at Like Minds, and a fellow of the Design Institute, Designers Institute of New Zealand, and X Design Works. Good morning, Noel. Morena, everybody. And we also have Damien Alexander, co-founder and creative director at Like Minds, and also X Design Works. Good morning, Damien. Kiratato. Good morning, everyone. Excellent. So why don't we start off with uh, Damien and Noel, why don't you tell us about what motivated you to start Like Minds? Ah, well, um, as you said in the introduction, um, both of us are ex-DesignWorks, so we, we, we left DesignWorks in uh, 2019, and um, you know, it's, it's much better to do this kind of thing in a partnership, so uh, as it got toward the end of the year and restraints of trade and those sorts of things um, finished up, we, we decided to set up like minds and, and do our own thing. So it was easy for us. We'd been we'd been friends for a long time. So there was a, there was a good professional and personal rapport built up there. And I think, you know, kind of like as you, as you guys will know on the call, um, you kind of get to a point in your creative career, well for me anyway, where you kind of you wanna you do want to do your own thing. You kind of um, you you know you spend your you spend your career working to other businesses vision and purpose and values and stuff like that. And I think you do get to a point where you kind of really kind of firm up your own and you kind of, you you feel like you need to follow those and, and go with them. And I think that we kind of got to that moment too, you know. What was the kind of the horizon, you know, of this planning, you know, was that six months, two months, you know, did you talk about it for a long time or did you just kind of leap in? I think we'd always kind of, you know, we'd always, we kind of always talked loosely around things of working together in the future and stuff and what was next and what the future looked like, you know, and it was kind of, um, you know, obviously we had to see out our restraints of trade and um, and that was a, you know, that's that's a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest, with um, with things. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty quick, you know, like by the time we, I think when you work with your friends and you actually get along and you have a good creative partnership, we 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 knew that would probably sink in easily and and quite quite quickly, so it didn't really take long at all, you know. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, ours is a little bit of a, a different story. We we started Blender in our last year of university. So we, we were studying together, and we actually through the course of university we realised how important it was to engage with industry and get some real world experience. So we we already had a couple of clients effectively that we we're working with, and and um and more kind of knocking on the door so we saw an opportunity to to um to create our own business and and i was pretty entrepreneurial already having already started a couple of businesses myself um and enjoying enjoying creating something um you know something bigger than myself and um yeah so we, we just got straight in into it straight from uni was it was it more trial and error was it was there a big plan <laughs> Let you answer that one, Ben. Yeah, I mean, no, there there wasn't a big plan at the beginning. We kind of um, 
you know, it kind of came pretty just organically, you know, like Ollie said, we were doing some work for some people in industry and, and then thought, Hey, you know, like, this is what we want to keep doing. Um, you know, why not just keep doing it ourselves and give it a go? So we kind of just eased into it and learned as we went. You know, if, I'm, I'm thinking about this from the experiences that I've had, you know, I always kind of go back and think about what I've learned uh, through era um, and setting up businesses. What, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's starting out? Just get started, I think, is, is one piece of advice. Um, the other one is to, to talk to a lot of people about what you're doing um, to, you know, get that get that feedback and, and get that support network around you. Yeah, I think those conversations and that, that group of formal and informal mentors that you have, you know, picking people's brains, there's nothing like having your own skin in the game to really sharpen the mind. But I do think you need to get really comfortable talking to as many people as you can from quite different industries and different experiences. Because at the end of the day, when you're running your own thing, you're running it, you're responsible and you've got to do it your way. And so you, you've got to actually take on as much as you can and make your call on how to do it, you know. Mm. Well, we were lucky. We had a bit of a template. Um, we'd, we'd, you know, I'd run a big business. Um, I've been in the industry a long time. So you, you kind of had, had learnt from the university of kind of larger design studios, which made it a bit easier. But I still, there's a lot of things that we've done differently that have come out from just picking brains of people we trust. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting too because it's um you know you 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 when you work for another business you kind of you know exactly when people ask you what you do and what your business does it's really easy to actually explain that. But one of the funniest things I found in like the first year of business is that when people say what do you do it's it's really interesting you know like what what hmm. how you define that to them and the clarity that you have to have it's really interesting you know when your friends ask so what does your new business do and you've got to actually clarify it it's actually um it's actually quite helpful <laughs> yeah have you got that articulation down pat now yeah 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 <laughs> excellent i still haven't it's only been 25 years <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing though right oh it does evolve yeah and you add words you know like you add a word here or there just because you kind of change things up a bit you know but it's good people you know asking those questions puts you on the spot you've got to do your elevator pitch you know I think design is one of those professions, right, where it's, it's often is hard to explain what we do because it's a lot of it's intangible. Um, I, I love that question, though, when you, you tell someone that you're an industrial designer and they're like, oh, so you design factories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, we, we sort of have to craft that elevator pitch and um, it's something we actually we actually do with the team on a regular basis is just keep repeating how do we how do we talk about what we do interesting <laughs> that's a really interesting one isn't it and i know yeah i speak from my background being industrial design when people ask me that i'd always say i do 3d design um because it just had it just had more co more context so how important is it to have that elevator pitch early on you know as you're as you're starting your business or does it evolve over time it definitely evolves over time as because I think your elevator pitch needs to be crafted a little bit depending on who you're talking to. The advice I've always been given is, is you know, to start your elevator pitch with a couple of questions, right? Um, and then you got to know who you're talking to. So, um, yeah, it's super important, but it, it, it can evolve over time and, and, um, and it does evolve over time. So what would your, what's, what's your version of that now? <laughs> Put me on the spot, why don't you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, our version of that now is um, definitely put me on the spot here. <laughs> Got this, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, we, we work with manufacturers and product owners to bring to life um, creative solutions and, and products that delight people and disrupt industries. 
and uh, we're, we're a service to the manufacturing industry. There you go, you nailed it. Oh, it's not beautiful. It changes every it, time. It, see? it packages up what you do, like from an outside perspective in, you, you, you get that, you form a view pretty quickly of what, what your business does. Yeah, I almost find myself sometimes as well pretty quickly jumping, you know, to a case study that relates to, you know, what the person's kind of interested in and then and then you really can just talk freely about that and then they, they kind of get it as well. It um, segues kind of nicely into a question I've got for, for uh, the Like Minds guys. Um, what did you do? You talked about your restraints, but, you know, when you're starting up a business and you don't have a portfolio as that business, how did you navigate that? Oh, I think I think there's a lot of urban myths around that, if I'm really honest with you. Um, I, I think you have to be very respectful of the opportunities you were given um, by previous studios and previous leaders and, um, you know, for, in our instance, DesignWorks, you know, the, 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 the clients you got to work on as a young fella versus the clients you might have won for that organisation. It's still work you did. Um, I think as long as you, our view, as long as you're respectful, you know, we had people calling us within the first week of opening the doors saying, oh, that job we did with you guys in 2012, 2015, um, are you guys still doing the same sort of thing? Meaning, you know, Noel or Damien, are you still doing that thing you did when you were at DesignWorks? So I think, um, you know, your reputation and the work that you did comes with you. Obviously, you're always doing it as part of a team, as, as a strategist in my instance, working with, you know, really great designers. But so we're super proud of that. And we always um, mention that. So even on our pictures or things when people ask us to talk about certain projects we've got the bottom right hand corner you know work completed whilst a strategy director at designworks or in damien's instance a creative director at designworks so we're we're really proud of that um but also one of the key things i think as a new business was getting runs on the board and having your own projects real quick to actually show what you're doing now and and to be able to really clearly talk to what's different about that because that's yours that's a like minds kind of project and that's what that's what we're pursuing now that's why we've set up this venture so you know respect the past be really proud of it as we are but but be very clear about what's different about the new thing you're doing you know yeah. that's how we approach it hey no hey no how did you how do you deal with that sort of in that situation where you you know you're going out on your own you've, you're working for a great business how do you deal with that sort of reaction or backlash of a business like design works when they hear that you're you're about to go and become one of their competition oh look i think there was always a fair bit of professional um you know um professional integrity there i think everyone knew that we were going to do it i think um once people worked out that damien and i were setting up in business together i mean they obviously knew what we would do um, it's the sort of stuff that we've done together as a team on clients within DesignWorks. Um, so there's a lot of kind of professional uh, respect there. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, as I've said on this, um, you know, we had a restraint of trade that we had to work through and we were really respectful of that. Um, and, and we, you know, we're really proud of our time at DesignWorks. We said that it gave us our start. You know, we, we don't want to be a large studio. We're quite happy being a small studio. So we're kind of a different beast. And so... I think we, you know, we, we, we compete like hell for clients that we want to work on together and we have gone up against each other occasionally and no doubt we'll do in the future. But um, we, we kind of see that as a formative part of our, our career and something that gave us a lot of opportunities and, and you know, we're still, still really respectful of it but, but happy to be doing something different now. Yeah, it's interesting. For me, one of the things is, one of my, I think one of my key learnings is don't ever leave a business and start your own business out of spite or resentment. You've got to leave a business and start your own business with your own true vision. It's like what I was talking about before. You can't, 
you don't go out and go, oh, we're going to start a business and we're going to go up against them and we're going to take them down. You go, I'm going to go out and start a business that's going to do world-class work um, that that is not in spite of that business or up against that business. You kind of you get off the bus and you start walking. And when you start walking, you kind of don't look back, you know? Yeah, I think that's it's an important thing to, to, you know, when you're starting up a business is actually have a vision about what you want to be, an aspiration about what you want to be, and that helps set a target. I think it was a, there was a great piece of um, research done of, um, about uh, US kind of college graduates and those that had a plan written down, those that, that had a plan not written down, and those that didn't have a plan, and, that, and that the differences in their earnings were, were, was astronomical. So just having an idea about where you're going and, and that vision is really important. Hey, Ollie and Ben, did you, have you had anybody leave and set up uh, businesses um, in competition with you? We haven't had anyone leave and set up in competition, <laughs> but we have But we have had uh, our, our very first employee, Brett Band. He's an incredible um, industrial designer. He went on to work at Methven and has since started up Pace Racer Watch Company. I'm just super proud of... of um, what he's done and you know being a part of his journey um still still really good friends with brett and um and really enjoyed the time that we had and and, and that's something that i take away for for all of our team is that you know we we invest a lot of time in, in growing them as people um and even even once they leave us we're, we're still very proud to to see where they go um and what they can achieve yeah, I, we take the, the, the approach that we don't have uh, our team forever and, and we've got to enjoy them while they're here, make the most of it and, and celebrate them as they go on and do other things. Yeah, the, I mean, team's number one in a, in a service business. Um, and I think we, yeah, we look after our team and they look after our clients. Um, we spend a lot of, of time and effort into building them professionally and and personally and, and understanding that they're all different and they, they want to achieve different things. And I think that's a, been a quite key ingredient to our success is, is understanding that um, we're, we're, we're a team, but we're also a team of individuals who have different goals themselves as well. And so we embrace that. Hey, look, I just want to double back on something um, that uh, Noel, you, you talked about initially or kind of alluded to, which is this idea about, about talking to um, people around you, you know, talking about those ideas. Well, who, were, who were the professionals that you got advice from when you were setting up? Oh, everybody had listened, to be honest. Um, you know, like, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a, a big network, Damien and I both, a big network of, you know, personal friends who are really incredible people and, and professional mentors in a formal sense. So, um, you know, you're talking to financial people, you're talking to people who run studios that you respect, you know, because even though I've been managing director of business like DesignWorks, you've got so much support around you, actually going and doing your own thing with your own money was pretty daunting, uh, even though it's a tiny business in comparison in terms of what you're dealing with. So anybody that would listen, to be honest, one of the things that was really helpful um, for, for me, and I know, Damien, you did the same thing, it was talking to people, um, clients, people that knew us in our past life and kind of going, so what would you think if I called you tomorrow and said I was doing this like minds thing? You know, what would your impression be? And just just to get their gut reaction and, and try and get some insight around, you know, how you pitch a new business going from 
you know, a, a large business, representing a large business with a lot of tenure to, um, to, to you doing your own thing with, with your friend and, and maybe some freelance designers you're contracting in, you know, from 80 people to four people, that's kind of pretty scary. Um, but just picking people's brains and just, just asking questions um, was, was really helpful. And keep it varied, eh? Like, I think you've got to ask your friends um, who don't know what design is um, and don't know what brand or identity or storytelling is. But then you ask your friends who are extremely creative as well. You know, you've got to ask a really mixed group of people, I think, you know, to keep it, to keep that balanced. Because you're going to have mates that are going to go, oh, yeah, you're a mean designer, bro. Yeah, you should totally start your own business. You know what I mean? But then you're going to have other mates that are, that are in finance that are going to go, well, have you thought about the numbers? You know, have you done any forecasting? What's it going to cost to open the doors? How much, you, you know, your computers and your printer and your lease going to be? Are you running a profitable business? You know, like it's... It's, there's some there's some gnarly stuff in there, is it? Especially as creatives that you come up against, you go, oh, wow, I wasn't originally wired like that. I guess I better learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely trial and trial and error, isn't it? From a, you know, like yeah. that, that structural, legal, financial, all of those sort of. Um... Oh yeah, especially with film. You know, when we're making film and photography as well, you know, like we've got to make sure that that all of our legal stuff. If you if there's one thing that is overlooked on a shoot, you can be two hundred and fifty grand in a hole. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very, very easy to, to make a mistake on a shoot or, you know, so, yeah, sorry. So you just freaked me out saying that. <laughs> Better check those insurance policies I'm, are up I'm the only liability here. Mate. <laughs> okay. He sounds like a risk, no? Um, Ollie, <laughs> what, were you, what were you saying? I'm saying I'm going to take it one step further and say it's it's really important to, to have that advisory board around you um, and meet with them on a regular basis to talk about the really important things in, in your business and and have accountability for for where you're going against your goal and your vision um, and having having that structure and having that consistency to pull yourself out of the business and the day-to-day operations to, to talk about the really big important stuff is, is just super critical and um, you know, we, we lean on our accountant and our lawyer and um, HR advisors and all of those things sort of operationally, but having a, a diverse set of people around a board table that we can meet with on a monthly basis or quarterly basis and um, talk about the real big picture stuff to help realign our focus um, is just is just super important governance. Mm. I mean, and that can be a, a really hard thing to, to do as well as a designer, you know, it might not necessarily be something that kind of jumps out at you like oh yeah i want to spend all next week doing that but you know you do have to do it and it is really important um yeah yeah you can get into trouble quite quickly um you know if you if you take that kind of laissez-faire approach oh it'll be all right one of the things that uh, a finance guy told me which is the difference between cash flow and profit is like the difference between dinosaurs and carrots um, because you know you could be making money, but if you've got no cash flow, you're dead. You know? So it's 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 in- interesting kind of perspectives like that that I think help build your business. Um, so Ollie, being one of the you know things that I've kind of noticed that like graphic designers can start up with a, with a laptop and a mobile phone, but but industrial product designers, you kind of got you know like a longer supply chain and suppliers, and, and you, you're dealing with China. So that kind of comes with a bigger set of risks and challenges, right? Even though da- um, Damien obviously can lose 250 k. Sure. <laughs> where, where do we where do we start? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, as a product designers, we are working with the manufacturing industry. Uh, a really important part of our job is is knowing how things are, are made and, and working with factories. Um, the reality is uh, a large amount of those factories are in China, and so we just have to we just have to get over there and 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 immerse ourselves in it and work with them. And I think in the early days we we did a lot of remote communication, and it was it was hard, um, and until we actually got on a plane and, and went there, um, we were sort of winging it. And y- y- yeah, one piece of advice I give to industrial design grads is to go to go to China or, or get overseas where, where there's a bigger manufacturing industry and, and get involved. Um, so you can see firsthand how it all works. And sure, there's there's risks and there's, there's challenges, but um, it, it's all just part of the job. Um, and and um, so, Damien, how do how do you kind of uh, mitigate risks like your 250k shoot loss? Well, I think you know, again, it's asking people that are professionals. You know, we've got a um, we've got a really competent team here of of um, people that, especially on the film. You know, we are we're a we're a creative agency that use film photography and brand to tell the most disarming version of the truth. So, we're not just a film you know company or a photography company. We're we're all of those things. And I think it's making sure that you employ the right people. Um, and positions like producers and executive producers and stuff like that to make sure that that you are covered and you do have the right insurances and everything's good. You know what I mean? Like it's um that's really it because I can't. I'm not an expert in that stuff, but what we we do. You know what I mean? It's it's our producers and the people that work for us are and then and 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 they're pros and they know what they're doing. So I guess it's it's building the right team and the right team of people around you. You know, um, I think that's a really key insight is. You don't have to do everything or know everything, but you need to know where you need to be covered and you need to make damn sure you've got people supporting you or working for you or with you in those places that know their shit or else you're going you're gonna to fail, particularly in the first couple of years when you're getting yourself into a rhythm. You know, so, so investing in, as I always say, investing in people or knowledge or talent is the only thing that, that builds equity in a business, you know. So, Ollie, you were t- talking about um, having a group of advisors and a board. Did you start off with kind of a, um, a more you know, casual advisors and then build that into a board, or did you did you go for more uh, like a proper governance structure? We we just have a, an advisory board structure, so we don't have a proper board of directors. Um, and so, for for a company our size, that that makes the most sense. We actually we started off. Um, working on, sorry, we started off with a, a program called the Alternative Board, which is we're a group of business owners of of a similar size but non-competing get together and advise each other with a facilitator, um, and that was sort of where we started to learn the value of of having those different perspectives around a table, and from there we we met a, a couple of people that we um, that we thought would be a good fit and just built a bit of a a board around that. I think the, the kind of people that you want um, around the table are, I guess, diverse thinkers um, with diverse experience. Even if it is just one person that isn't involved in, in your business day to day, but has enough experience in business to see things through a different lens that you may not see yourself, um, as well as someone with some financial now. So we get a lot of advice from our accountant. Uh, we've been through a few over time to find one that fits us and the same from a legal perspective. 
uh, what kind of governance structure do, do you have? Um, we, we don't have a formal board. Um, we don't have a formal advisory board. Um, as we sort of alluded to, we have an informal network. Um, you know, it's something we will look to set up at some time. It's not something we're um, looking at right now. Um, yeah. It's just how we choose to do it. As I sort of said, you know, for us, you run a, a larger business, um, running a business this size is, is, um, is a, a quite a simple affair in comparison. Um, we're kind of, in this first couple of years, we're focusing more on on the actual work itself and building the body of work up and, um, and keeping it small. So um, we'll see how we go on that governance stuff um, formally. But as I say, there's a lot of informal legal, financial and commercial advice that we've got out there in our personal networks that are, that are uh, sometimes annoyingly interested in how our business is doing. Yeah. I think similar to us, you know, like trying to find the right people, um, even on a day-to-day -day level that are doing like your accountant or, you know, like our accountant, um, that, that's kind of just started with us in the last kind of how many months, four months, three months? Yeah, four months. Last yeah. Quarter. We've got a new accountant and, and um, She's incredible. She's like, she's really awesome because she's got the numbers nailed and she knows exactly what to put in front of you to get you motivated to, to get your business working better. You know, and I think just making sure that all those little people that are around you doing those, that have those roles um, are kind of, are really good. You know? I think chopping and changing on that is, you know, the guys that Blender alluded to, like took a while to get the right fit. I mean, this is mm. the third financial person we've had working on our business in two years, you know, or less than two years. Um, and as Damien said, the new one's working really well. I think it, it's quite hard work changing those people, but if they don't work, then they don't work, and you, you kind of need to just go through the pain of getting that, that support team right. Same for the IT. We've done the same with the top and change. And a lot of annoyance. You know, you're so, you're so focused on, oh, God, we've got to do the work or chase down that project, and you just you deal with a lot of shitty service or and it's kind of just annoyance. It kind of works, but not well enough. And then you get someone who's golden and you're like, man, not only is it easier, you're giving me all these insights that are making my business so much better. So it's that old adage of when you're running a business, you've got to, you've got to work on the business as well as working in the business. And sometimes the working on the business, you kind of put off because it's not your first love, you know? Yeah. Well, you always, you always respond to the things that are noisiest and your, and your own business doesn't actually make a lot of noise until it's bad. <laughs> that's a good point when when you actually make the time to work on your business i find it it's quite enjoyable it's it's exciting right because you're you're making plans for the future you're making very big decisions um but i think it's the distraction of the day-to-day -day, which is the, the urgent but maybe not so important stuff um you, you gotta hit your billable targets you know you've, you've got to respond to a million flipping emails from from clients and suppliers and staff so it's um it's difficult to pull yourself out. That's why I was saying earlier, scheduling that time and making sure you 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 use it is important. Yeah, I mean that is about discipline, right? It's also as well like you're bang on there because it's you actually have to take the time to reflect on what you're doing and where you're at. Like that whole um because you don't often sit down and go, well this is this is either good or this is bad. What we need, what do we need to fix? So. It's actually taking the time and using those moments, like you're saying, um, you know, to work on the business, to actually take a moment and go, look what we did. You know, we've done some really great work this year. The team's really humming. You know, like it's it's actually a good time to find some positive stuff too. Absolutely. I spend uh, every six months with my creatives. I, I, I get them to present the last six months' work to me just to remind them what they've done yeah. and to celebrate it and to have a look back because we spend a lot of time looking forward, but you know, it's always good to, to go, okay, so we were there and we're now here. So we are actually moving forward. 
because you don't realize how much you can you can achieve in, in a year or six months yeah that's a really really good point it's important to to look back and reflect on what you've done and and celebrate that because too often designers are the unsung heroes right working in the background and, and then the, the companies we work for that they they go off and, and and we love seeing them be successful but they get to bask in all of that while we get on to the next job right yeah yeah it's like it's like the piece of work from six months ago that you look at and you go oh i really hated that experience but actually now looking back at that piece of work i go you know, I feel really good about it, despite what I went through. Hey, um, having started from scratch a couple of times, uh, you know, I've always thought each time was different. And now we're kind of in a, in a post, nearly post-COVID world. Do you, you know, do you think that, that the way people will set up studios or set up businesses in the future will change? I mean, you know, with technology, remote working, co-working spaces, all of that sort of thing, do you think it's got easier to start up a business? It's an interesting question that I don't think it's necessarily got, I mean, New Zealand's always been an easy country to, to start a business in, but I don't think it's ever really been been that easy to, or any easier now to start a business. So I don't think it will get any easier necessarily, but perhaps easier to start a, you know, a geographically fragmented business mm. with founders in different locations. I think the freelance economy was a big thing already, right? Pre-COVID, particularly in, in, Graphic design, branding, storytelling, film, you know, film, photography. Film in particular is made up of... Gypsies. Gypsies. <laughs> Gypsies. Is that, is that a formal quote? Um, but but I, do, I do think the infrastructure that was set up around that, coupled with COVID, I think is just, you know, it, it has disintermediated. It's changed people's expectations. You know, it's, it is a lot easier to run a, a sort of, a, 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 you know, a disparate kind of network of people as a collective. Um, you know, in our, in our opinion and experience, you still can't, beat creative people coming together in the room like a band making something happen but you know there is it, it's going to look differently moving forward and i think covid has just sped that up the working together thing for me is really um is, is a real is a really big thing because the you know from a creative point of view and an energy point of view you can only create good work if you're creating good energy around it um and it's extremely hard to do that when you're sitting at home and your kids are running through the background and you're on a zoom for half an hour figuring out a problem that should have taken three minutes when you were together in a room. It's kind of, you know, I, I, I think there's, I think business will change, but I think fundamentally as creatives, we all, we come together and we laugh and we talk and it's the things that happen in between the jokes that make the great work. You know, so I kind of, for me, I think it's definitely made some changes. There's, there's definitely people that can work from home and, and, and you know, they're not potentially part of the core creative process that if they choose to, but yeah, for me, I think it's, um, I think we need to be together. You know, I don't. I didn't like it at all, man. It was horrible. And we've had to, we've been in business two years, and we've literally been in two years of a pandemic. It's it's out the gate. So we've been we've been as a new business been faced with stuff. You know what I mean? That people don't face in their entire career. I, I think that that will give your business some resilience, right? If you if you if you start a business in a tough economy or or, or um you know in adversity, then it builds it builds in a resilience, a strength that. Um, uh, we'll give the business longevity. It certainly builds an ulcer <laughs> <laughs> and a healthy love of gin and beer. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think, you know, that's connected to your problem, right? Um, and your question about, you know, cloud working and, um, you know, collaboration spaces and freelance economy. It's like business is just putting itself together different and you can do a really good job of it. And, and being open to that is, is important because, it's just evolving and, you know, talent's expectation is going to change too. Yeah. It has changed. It has changed, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. No, I just think I just when I first set up a, a, a design studio in of last century, um, you know, used to have used to have things like you know Pantone books and cutting boards and you know samples and, and all of that sort of stuff that you kind of don't need so much anymore. So it's much easier to 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 be able to you know uh, service a client uh, uh, remotely. You know, working for clients you know in other in other time zones. Um, so it's, it's got easier in that way and it's got harder in the way where, where um, what Damon, you were talking about, which is that idea about design as a team sport. You know, there's that collaborative thing about seeing the stuff in between conversations rather than the, the check-ins themselves. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of changes in, in, in the businesses that start up in the next, you know, three or four years. How has it affected uh, industrial design? We've, we've found it really challenging working remotely, just that, like Noel was saying, the those sort of serendipitous moments in between, the, you know, the water cooler conversations or the the um, the ideas that come off cuff, they just don't happen as easily when you're sitting behind a Zoom screen. So, do you think it's going to be easier or harder to set up a business or start up a business in the years to come? Uh, I think anything's probably easier than starting a business during a um, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's a really weird one, you know. Like, I don't think. Um, I don't think there's anything I would have done um, any differently. You know, it's it's. You kind of learn from your mistakes and stuff, and you. Yeah, you know, kind of. I think we've 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 kind of done quite well in the last couple of years. You know, just being able to keep the doors open um, during a pandemic and people working from home. So we've been you know, tested pretty hard. So there's probably not a lot of change. I think it's really circumstantial, right? It depends on the type of business that you that you're operating, and like on on some. Some aspects it's going to be easier. People are used to working remotely and, and recruiting remotely, but you know other aspects it, it might be harder, and it really depends on on the type of business you you want to run. I think it speeds some things up. I think you know there's obviously as Damien mentioned that the pandemic itself creates restrictions, but assuming take that out of play for a minute, technology is getting better all the time. People are working remotely all the time. You know, access to global talent is easier. Um, you know, even even things just as simple as zero or outsourced HR functions. You know, the quality of information we can get out of our business without having to stitch together old accounting systems just be, literally because of zero is, it makes running a business a million times easier than when I first came into into um, observing design businesses. So I think the technology is us getting easier. Um, the pandemic's a big you know, question mark. Um, and then the, the big vagary is really just, um, you know, earning the, the right kind of premium for your work and doing great work. And that, that's never going to change. It's always going to be as hard as, as it, is it uh, hard or as easy as it is now. So do you have any kind of last bits of advice to somebody thinking about starting their own business? Well, I think the, the fundamentals are the fundamentals, right? So talent in our industry, it's a people business and, and talking for design creative businesses, it's a people business. So all you have is your talent. All you have is the quality of the, the brains and the talent of the people that you work with and you're working with other humans. So people are number one. If you, you have a happy team, you have a happy workforce and you do great work. Um, so that's that's fundamental. And also, you know, if you're running your own business from a commercial point of view, the discipline of understanding your productive capacity, understanding your revenue pipeline and really thinking about knowing what you've got coming so you you know what you have to be kind of doing or earning you have some sort of commercial oversight of of the fundamentals of your cash flow effectively as a small business anyway um i think that's stuff that you always can be better at and it's it always pays dividends for you whether it's two weeks ahead or a quarter ahead 
uh, that fundamental kind of pieces of advice for people just starting up their own business. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key thing, right? It is a business. It's not a it's not a creative pursuit in that sense. And if you take your eyes off the business fundamentals, then you're going to get in trouble quite quickly. Ollie and Ben, you got any last bits of advice? I think Noel had had a, had some really good advice there. I think too many creatives fall into the trap of saying you know we're doing it just for the design and it's all about the design and they actually lose lose track of the fact that you've you've got to run a business and it's um it's got to be productive and and make money for you uh and so you you can't lose track of those fundamentals um i think another really important bit of advice is try and find out what what it is you do that is value what what is your core value that you're offering because it's not it's not really just design for design's sake you're offering design for some kind of outcome and result for your client in a, in a service-based business. And you really want to hone in on what that is, get to understand who you're doing it for and what the value is, is to them. And that once you figure that out, you'll then be able to, to sell that a lot better um, and really hone in on what's important. Just adding to that as well, it's, um, it's a, you know, when you, when you are bringing new people on, you want people who can totally relate to that and, and you know, understand those values as well. And um, it's pretty easy to just kind of accept people on skills and experience. But it really is about you know getting that culture fit of people to to join your team. You know, as well as having skills and experience, but also you know willingness to to kind of upskill and and learn. I think it's definitely people. Um, just you know, backing up what Noel said for us, it's it's build, building a team of people around you. Um, one with complementary skill sets. So obviously, mine and Noel's partnership. Kind of complements each other from a um, creative and, and business acumen point of view, and 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 that goes both ways. You know, he's 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 learned a lot more about um, my creative process, and I've learned a lot more about um, you know strategy and running a business and what that takes. But I think fundamentally, it's values. You know, you've got to surround yourself with people um, in your business that share the same value set as you, um, where you get excited about the work together, not battle over the work. You know, like it's um it's really important, and I think. That's, you know, that's one of those things where you kind of, it goes from, you know, you've got to make money, you've, you know, you, you, that's why you kind of, you get into business to pay your bills and do all the stuff. But if you're having a great time along the way with people you like, love and respect, um, that's, that for me, that's kind of, that's the end game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, that's what makes it sustainable. That's what makes it sustainable, right? You know, once you've set up the fundamentals and you've got a business that actually you know, can can look after its people and, and their families. That's that's the basis covered. Then you, if you've got that kind of um, excuse excuse the pun, the, that like minded kind of community around the work, then you you know you've got a sustainable engine where people are are growing and they're learning to do it the unique way that your studio does it. And and if they're having fun on the way, then it's a sustainable, enduring thing that can can grow and move. It's not a battle, you know. So it's get the fundamentals right and then really, um, you know, enjoy the fruits of, of, um, of the culture and the, the energy around the work. Don't forget it's a long, it's a long game as well, right? <laughs> it's, um, I think we're, as humans, we're often too focused on the short term and trying to achieve too much in the short term. We're not focused on what we can actually achieve in the long term. It takes a long time to build a successful business and culture. And so just, yeah, think, think more long term. So Ollie and Ben, did you, when you um, set up, you, did you have a kind of a, like a, a, a a plan for your values and, and how you would you would kind of hire to that and, and and find clients around that they evolved over time i think that our our values and our culture evolves with the people as as they come onto the team but 
you know, more recently, once we had that sort of foundation built, we we definitely hire on values and we choose our clients on values. I think it's I think it's really important that that you have that alignment. You got anything else, Ben? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I had we had a pretty pretty slow, um, you know, winding up start to our business. So you know, Ollie and I were were good friends at uni and a you know good balance between us. And and as we kind of you know we had some um, I guess just a bit of culture between ourselves. And you know, as we bring people onto the team, we wanted you know people with complementary skills and um, and you know people who kind of you know just just could could join us and, and, you know, fit right in. I think early on, we were quite um, particular about the type of clients that we worked with. Their values aligning was really important. I think, for example, we, we um, this is a long time ago, we were approached to design, you know, like a, a, a cigarette um, display stand or something like that. And, and it just didn't feel like it could fit. It just didn't align with our values. And I think we, we're saying no to a lot, a lot of that type of work. Um, and and actually chasing after the work that, that we align with and we know is going to have a good positive impact. Yeah, and yet the, the, the outcome is better, without a doubt. The outcome is better if you're working with a client that you really like. Um, you know, we've, over the years, Noel and I have both worked with clients where you, you know, you go into a meeting and you're actually like, you're nervous, you're stressed, you're worried how it's, what the outcome is going to be. And since we've opened the doors here, that hasn't happened. Every single meeting we've gone into, we've gone in confident, you know, inspired, passionate about the work. And, you know, nine times out of 10, the result has been a success, you know, like it's not, you know, and I think people have been too afraid in, in the past to say no to work. Like, what you know, what you guys are saying is that, you know, stick to your values, you know, like don't say yes to everything because you're chasing revenue, you know. Say yes to some free work because it's a good cause, you know. We're really, yeah. we're really upfront about that with clients. It's that's kind of unusual, but we kind of say, look, if the, you know, the names the names like mine's, you know, it's about doing work that we love with people we love. That's why we called it that. And we are really upfront with whether it's a prospective staff or prospective clients. You know, we want to know there's a fit because if we're not like minded, the work won't be good. And we we kind of we want to have that conversation with you and reserve the right around commitment. Um, to, to know both of us know that we're in a place where we can do good work and it is quite liberating um, saying no to stuff and, and your team find it quite liberating where you know you, your um, what you say no to is defines you as much as what you actually do do you know and, and that's an interesting conversation we have with the team when we choose not to pitch for things or choose to actually not continue working with the client after an initial engagement um, and we're quite open about that with the guys so they understand why we're making those calls. It's a, it's a it's great old one, which is uh, values aren't values until they cost you something. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, um, on that note, hey, uh, thanks, Ollie, Ben, uh, Noel, and Damien, that's uh, for sharing your your experiences and insights in starting up your businesses. Um, this has been a Designers Institute uh, decast, and uh, we'll see you next time.